Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Miesler, and this show provides content curation as a service with a focus on the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, and each episode is either a curated summary of what I've discovered in the past week or a standalone essay that hopefully gives you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 177. I am coming to you live from my brand new Rodecaster Pro. It's a podcasting rig from Rode and uh, super excited to get it. I've been waiting for a number of weeks. It is like a multi-thousand dollar setup, but it was only $600 and it does a whole bunch of stuff that's super cool. Um, It's the same one that actually risky business uses. So uh, I was talking to Patrick about some unrelated stuff and we started riffing about podcast gear. turns out he has the same one and he's Australian and the whole rig is Australian. So there's like a Australia connection there, but super excited about it. It does like just all kinds of really cool stuff. I, I got to get rid of my hacked gear and replace everything I had with this. So, uh, so you could do like sound effects, for example, which I don't expect I'll be overusing, but, um, I'm definitely going to try some out here today or, or at least sample them. This is fine. So that's, this is fine. Got a dramatic chipmunk. Got Neo. I know Kung Fu. <laughs> uh, f- fatality. I don't know if I'll use this one. Fatality. Got a very nice. It's a very nice. Mandatory one here. I guess that's like if I hear something I don't like and like it's time to do battle. And then this one is like spiritually awesome. Be water, my friend. So great. And then finally. Excellent. Excellent. Mr. Burns. So those are all programmable and you can just like drag and drop different sounds into them or you can record directly from the mic into them or you could play something from your computer and record them. And the interface itself for this box is just, it's super pro looking, especially for me coming from very not pro gear. It's got all the faders and and the buttons are nice and it's got good construction. So anyway, enough about that. Going to uh, start with security news. I did an essay here about my takeaways from the 2019 DBIR report. And I got a link to the summary here and the report in the newsletter. And basically what I took away from this was that there wasn't much that was super exciting about it. Honestly, it, if you're the type of person who, pays attention to security news or listens to this uh, podcast or gets the newsletter, none of this stuff is going to surprise you. Um, A a couple of things did stand out. Only 6% of the attacks used exploits, which I thought was really interesting. Um, Most of the attacks were email-based malware or um, phishing and credential stuffing which is just super basic stuff that that people should be doing better at, but it is actually really hard. The easy stuff is hard, right? So 
that that was a takeaway. Um, other than that, there just there just wasn't too much in this thing. Um, I, I'm going to click through and see see if I can find anything else that stood out. Looking at the summary itself. <clears throat> so um, most most attacks came from outsiders. 34% involved internal actors. I think that's a fairly significant number. Um, they say only 5% involved partners, which I thought was kind of low. Um, around half involved hacking, which I'm not super clear about what they mean by that. One-third involved social engineering. Oh, one thing that was interesting was very few things involved physical access. I think it was something very small. Um, very, very low percentage involved physical breaches. Only 6% exploited vulnerabilities. Malware was delivered by email in 94% of cases. And, uh, yeah, Anton uh, Shavakin, friend of mine who's over at Gartner, also made an interesting point that uh, if you can compromise the web app where people are entering information, then you don't need to go after the backend data stores, right? So it's getting harder to get to the backend data stores, presumably. But if you can compromise the web app and just capture what's coming in, we don't even have to do that. Uh, their takeaways <clears throat> and mind as well were um, basically protect your VIPs. That was another trend they said, which is like your executives and whoever's important CFO. And that, again, that just seems obvious over like the last five years. And uh, errors were involved in like one fifth of attacks, which is extremely high in my mind. So errors, super important. And, uh, Again, that goes back to kind of like own goals, right? These are errors, phishing, credential stuffing. These are all basics. They're fundamentals. It's hygiene issues fundamentally that are that are causing the issues in this report. Although, if you were to fix this, then if you were to fix those hygiene issues, then they would simply move to the next easiest thing. So it's not like that would solve the problem. So that was that. That was the summary. You should check it out. <clears throat> um, the Department of Justice has unsealed the indictment against those they believe hacked Anthem in 2015, and they are Chinese nationals. They didn't reveal, however, the suspected motive. But as I talked about last year, I don't think we need an explanation. I think they're building a giant database on Americans so that they can uh, basically have leverage or harvest IP or basically have the ability to go in and influence where, where it matters. Um, so if you compromise health, uh, the, the financial records from Equifax and a whole bunch of hotels, you, oh, and the OPM, you, you now have, you know, military people with clearances, business travelers who are presumably traveling around because they're halfway important, um, doing businessy things. And so you have them for all the, uh, for all the different, uh, you know, business type of stuff. And, and then 
you also have everyone's credit files and you go after the health data. So you start hitting all these different avenues, put that stuff in one database. And now you could say, well, I want to target this sector or I want to target this person. Again, I don't have any specific knowledge of this exact project, but it seems logical uh, based on all the different breaches that have happened from Chinese actors that they are doing something organized with it. And it's not just a series of one-offs that are unrelated. Um, an Airbnb host in China has been arrested for watching guests using a hidden camera. The Mossad has released an interesting challenge in something of a spy CTF style. So you show up to this webpage, which is unencrypted, by the way, and it says, uh, you know, here's your instructions. It, it reads kind of like a CTF, but also like Mission Impossible, which is exactly what you would expect to be on brand with the Mossad. Chinese scientists have created a small portable camera system that uses LIDAR to resolve human features from up to 28 miles away. Oh, and good news, it also penetrates smog, so you can use it in China. The U.S.'s acting director of defense media activity at Fort Meade said that the Pentagon isn't sure how many websites it's running. This is disappointing, but not surprising. Many, many big companies have this problem. They don't know what they have facing the internet uh, or internally, which is even harder. But uh, yeah, this is uh, not surprising. Hardware.io is a hardware security conference <clears throat> run by a friend of mine named uh, Yoda. Um, and he's one of the best conference organizers in the industry. He runs Nolcon as well and a number of other conferences. And Hardware.io is in Santa Clara this year. It's on June 11th to the 14th. And if you're an individual or company interested in hardware security, especially if you'll be near the Bay Area at this time, you should absolutely check it out. I will be there as well. And breaches, Binance, $41 million in Bitcoin. Technology news. Uber has had a bad run since its IPO. It's been really bad. It's been bloodbath, basically. Uh, I'm nowhere close to investing since the business model has always seemed to be based on scaling the mistreatment of humans. I think peer-to-peer economies are the future, but our current gig economy basically reduces to paying struggling people as little as possible with as few benefits as possible for as little time as possible while they work on more automation. Just seems gross to me. Oh, and plus they're bleeding out at the rate of billions of dollars a year. I think, no thanks, I'll wait for a healthy and sustainable version of this business model. Microsoft Word Online is now offering an AI editor assistant, like a combination of Clippy and Grammarly, I'm guessing. Uh, Bird is now selling electronic scooters directly to customers. And Amazon can ship to 72% of the population in the U.S. within a day. I feel like I should be using sound effects, but I just I just don't want to. Uh, human news. Even a little exercise can give our memory a workout, just like with physical body parts. 
including getting stronger as you train. This is really cool. They basically asked people to uh, remember certain things. Then they had them do a workout and they noticed that the areas for memory were more active, just like a a muscle that's recently worked out after they worked, uh, after they did a physical workout. Uh, Bad fathers are evidently worse than having no father at all. That's depressing and interesting. We're finally seeing wage growth after 10 years post-recession. And evidence is becoming stronger that air pollution causes dementia. It's not as hard as we thought to master language later in life. That is a really promising thing. They said there is advantages to doing it earlier, but you can get to pretty much the same level if you start, you know, after you're 20 than than if you start when you're like five or whatever. Ideas, trends, and analysis. Wrote an essay called Examples of Bad Metrics. Uh, It's what not to do when creating metrics. And I've been wanting to write this one for a very long time. You should definitely check it out. If you do anything with metrics or you work at a company that cares about metrics, there are tons of examples in here that that really matter. Also, on the project, my project page, my reading summaries page, I did a reading summary of that book um, called The Tyranny of Metrics. So you should check that out as well. Um. Why books don't work, a fantastic essay about how people generally don't remember much from books and what to do about it. This is a really, really good uh, podcast or um, it wasn't a podcast. It was a, an essay. It was just a text essay. Uh, I think he has multiple formats of it though. And uh, it, you just want to read it all the way through. It basically says that our mental models or our cognitive models for learning are not encoded into books. And that if you want to learn more, we need to change the way we, we put text on a page. And he has an example of it, which I have down here in uh, Discovery. I would love to, this is the kind of idea where I would love to see this happen, but how, how long is it going to take for one, anyone to notice his idea and two, for the entire world to change how they write books? That's what's kind of depressing to me about this, but he's got a few examples that he did himself. So, I mean, I guess that's interesting. Amazon is buying a lot of, uh, closing malls. So what are they going to use them for? I I think they're going to turn them into a new town square. So imagine like esports, which are like the new arcades, shopping, returning the stuff you bought on Amazon, and of course, doctor's offices and pharmacies, right? Because healthcare will have collapsed by then, I imagine, or I'm exaggerating. It'll be even worse, right? But if you're an Amazon Prime member, maybe you get, you know, free checkups and, uh, you know, just the local mall has the stuff you need for healthcare, has stuff you need for, you know, shopping. It's got all this, all, all the things, right? Plus they'll use the space for distribution centers, which also makes sense. 
Um, I, I think they're basically going to try to become the epicenter of human society. Discovery. How to find information on anyone. This was uh, the most clicked thing when I checked earlier uh, tonight. I added a book summary for the tyranny of metrics. So I mentioned that. Uh, seven surprising bash variables. A brilliant explanation of the peculiarity of the speed of light. SSH honey keys, a photo of 265,000 galaxies that took 16 years to make. Vader versus Kenobi reimagined. That was quite good. Quantum computing for the very curious. This is that book I was telling you about, or, or the um, text, textbook online. Completely different kind of reading material designed to transfer understanding more efficiently than anything you've read before. Written by Andy Mustachuk, who wrote the essay about books in the ideas section above. And, oh, this is cool. You can download a copy of all the recordings that Amazon has of you from your Alexa devices. I didn't know that was available. And uh, notes this week. The reaction to me asking if people would be interested in a Slack channel for subscribers was overwhelming. Got hundreds of responses saying yes, um, and less than 10 people saying no. So, the, and most of them said, I just wouldn't have time. So, absolutely, we're doing this. I built the channel a couple of days ago. Uh, first features I'm thinking of for this thing are a general hangout for like minded people, uh, including me hanging out there. Uh, it's basically chat uh, amongst ourselves there. And I think the main feature is the second one is the unsupervised learning book club. We talk about what we're reading. And since I'll likely be reading the most, I'll be posting what I'm currently reading, what I think about it, like reviews, comments. I'll, I'll be pasting quotes into the channel. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be really cool. I mean, if it was only used for that, I think it would be super useful. It's like an active community book club. Uh, which I love book clubs. So this, this should be fun. All right. There is Alexa. Um, All right. So the other option is chances to do collaborative newsletters on Sunday mornings. So I could either stream or just be in the channel and pasting the article that I'm looking at, seeing what people think. Uh, But yeah, it could be like a, a live thing because I, I do the newsletter every Sunday morning and often record Sunday morning as well. But either way, all those things combined should be super fun. The channel is ul-community.slack.com, ul for unsupervised learning-community.slack.com. And if you're not a member, you can sign up, you know, in the regular way to get access. And for those who are already members or people who sign up, I'll be sending out the invites to the channel over the next week or so. Uh, I'm also getting the itch again to build a curated list of OSINT tools based on use case. So rather than listing like tons of different tools or providing a list of every tool that's available, you know, different tools that you could use or that might work, I'm going to give one best tool in the category. So it's like, how to find someone by email, how to find someone by phone number and just have, 
you know, the, the perfect example for each one. Recommendations. Import your Facebook birthdays calendar into whatever calendar app you have so you don't miss any more birthdays. This is crucial because I, I've been missing birthdays. I, I didn't know how other people were keep, keeping up with them, and the answer is Facebook. I don't use Facebook. I logged in for the first time in a couple months. And uh, yeah, there are a lot of birthdays there. So there's a way to export it. So I've got the link here. And uh, you can now send people short clips of podcasts using the Overcast app, which is super useful. You hear a part you like, you rewind 30 seconds, hit the share button, um, and choose to share with the current location, right? So it'll, it'll clip it right at the point that you're at, and then you can send it to someone. You could also embed it in the website, or, or it embeds on Twitter as well. And the aphorism for this week, develop into a lifelong self-learner through voracious reading. Cultivate curiosity and strive to become a little wiser every day. Develop into a lifelong self-learner through voracious reading. Cultivate curiosity and strive to become a little wiser every day. Charlie Munger. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. And don't forget that the show is both a podcast and a newsletter. So you can get more information about everything you just heard by subscribing to the newsletter or reading the blog posts for each episode. Also keep in mind that I do the show weekly, but if you're not a member, you're currently only getting every other odd-numbered episode. And if you want to get every episode of the podcast and newsletter, you can become a member at danielmeisler.com slash subscribe for less than a latte per month. Being a member will also get you access to the subscriber area of the site, which is the home for all previous member episodes, as well as other types of premium and experimental content. We'll see you next time.